for listening to our podcast, recorded live at Gateway Church Ashford. You can find out more about us on our website, gatewaychurchashford.co.uk. This is a fantastic time. Um, If you've done it many times, it's still a great tool. Um, So a little quick game just before we begin. Where's a a full row of people? Okay, we'll start over here. So... um, just going to play a quick game of Chinese whispers. I'm a youth worker, so expect a bit of participation. Um, Cho, I would like you to read this, and without these guys seeing, I'd like you to pass that message on, and let's get all, go all the way down to Rachel at the other end. So we'll see what comes out. No cheating, Tim. <laughs> Sorry, Martin, I know I'm moving. Okay. Oh, I can roam much better. This is always good. Does it make you all slightly nervous that I can walk around with a microphone? So, um, Rachel, would you like to tell everybody what the, the conversation from the other end you think is? Every time I dance, it feels like I get lighter, but my trousers get tighter. <laughs> yeah, pretty much on. There we go. Um, So the point being, with Chinese whispers, if you play it with kids especially, it all goes wrong by the time you get to the end, right? And if you want to try it as a family game, it works really well. It's quite a lot of fun. Um, The principle being this book, you know, discipleship can look different to many different people. You would have had different teaching on it at different times, and um, you will have a slightly different way of doing it. But what Gateway's done by giving this book is, it's a little bit like Chinese whispers, but actually giving the book and passing it along to each person. So the content stays the same, the foundations remain true, because it's coming from the same place. And as Gateway, we're a real family, and we want to make sure that we're coming from the same place and just sharing the same message, the, the truth of God, really, and what he can do in breakthrough. So keep it. You can download it from King's Arms Bedford website, you can refer to it on their website, you can get their app uh, get their app on your phone, you can do so many things in terms of using this as a discipleship tool as we go forward. So, let's get that bit out. Um, right, another little example I want to show. First principle for foundations is, let's go over this side this time. I've got two coins in my hand, um, and last year I spent some time doing some assemblies at the John Wallace Primary School, and we just talked about this principle, but I couldn't quite go into it the same style I would go here. So, please could you describe this coin to everybody else, just its features? It's the queen. Uh Um, What's the coin like? It's gold. Yeah. Well, that one is quite old. Yeah. Oh, it looks old. It's not as shiny. And uh, I can't quite see. It's just <laughs> one, one penny. Yes. <laughs> there we go. So we've got one coin which is super shiny and new. We've got an, a coin that is really old and worn down. And the example is, if you don't mind popping the next one up, Caroline, is that you might feel really tattered. You might feel damaged by the world. You might feel like um, you're just really struggling at the moment. Or you might feel like the shiny coin, everything's going well, sunshine all around you, that sort of thing. 
But actually, our first foundational point, if you want to be able to disciple people, is to understand their value and your value. Because actually, if we read it through, people are equal in the same way pennies are equal. Some are bright, others dull, some worn smooth, others are sharp and fresh, but all have equal value. And um, so this is a quote from a guy called uh, J.K. Chesterton. And he goes on to say that all coins actually bear the same mark of the sovereign. They've got the queen on, right? And like that, we have the sovereign mark of the king of kings on us. All right, which is a really deep thought when you think about it, that actually you and I are equal because of who we are marked by, the king of kings. So with that principle in mind, that then pushes us into going, you know what? Man, I'm valued by the king of kings. You know what, James, you're super valued by the king of kings. Let's spend some time together to make sure that you know that and you know it really well. And it's sort of from that foundation we can then start applying that to discipleship as well. So the second foundation is, let's have a look. It's always funny when you make notes because you don't refer to them, do you? There we go. Is humility. So I spent some time chatting with Patricia just in preparing because I wanted to do a good job. And um, she was really helpful in just pointing out, in order to be able to be a disciple or receive discipleship, you've got to be humble, right? Because if you come into it thinking, well, I've pretty much got it all together anyway, or I'm not going to share with them about what's going on with me, or I'm not really interested in this person, and you close it up, then actually you can't get any further. You reach a blockage. And what have we been praying for today? The Holy Spirit's been doing? Breakthrough. So... You've got to be humble, right? You've got to be vulnerable. Humble, vulnerable, it sort of goes together, doesn't it? And are you, where, where are you at with that? Are you willing to be taught by somebody else? Are you willing to have somebody else just say to you, I'm not sure about what's going on just now, or have you thought about these consequences, or have we read your word in terms of what God says? And are you willing to put yourself in a position where you're humble in yourself to be taught so that you can teach others ago you know one of the best things graham said to me was oh you're a creative person you need to create time to be creative and it stuck i was like oh little drops of wisdom come from all sorts of people so be wise about who you go and disciple and who disciples you as well so um so two foundations knowing your value and other people's we're marked by the king of kings and the other foundation is be humble and Jesus is the best example, isn't he? You go through all the Gospels, and he's just a, such a cool dude. If Jesus was in church, I'm not sure he'd be in church every Sunday, because he'd probably be serving on different things and going hanging out with different people. But he would just be that guy that if you asked for something, he'd be like, yeah, you know what, have it all. I'll give you all my time. Yeah, you're loved. I'll help you out. And it's just be humble. So with that in mind, we'll refer to the first verses in your booklet, which is Matthew 28, 19 to 20. But we're going to cheat a little bit um, and go to verse 18. So it misses out, for me, it misses out a fundamental verse. It's because uh, 19 and 20 is saying, go, go do it. But our third foundation is, in whose authority are we doing it? Okay, because you can go and you can do in your own self-righteousness, your own pride. Yep, I can make people better. I'm very good at doing this, so I'm going to tell them how to do it. Um, So we're going to look at, yeah, number 18. So it says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. 
Jesus has the authority. Why do we pray? Why do you hear people pray? And they go, in Jesus' name, amen. Because in Jesus' name, he's been given all authority. And you know what Jesus then did later on in the gospel? He then said, and I give it to you. Which is pretty cool, isn't it? Because it's not just that Jesus held on to his authority, but he released it. And he's releasing you to have his authority to speak into people's lives through discipleship, which is a very cool thing. So um, we found, put those foundations in, and then we read the rest of it. So this is where apathy, there's no room for. Uh, laziness, there's no room for, because they're all quite action-y sort of words. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. It doesn't say, therefore, maybe go. Therefore, if you want to go, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So the cool thing there is that he's sending us to go. Um, He's equipping us to go, and that he doesn't leave us to it. He's with us till the end of time. So you're not on your own. You know, and this is what church is for, that we're not on our own. But actually, you know, if you're out in the middle of Antarctica trying to reach people that are doing research there and there's nobody else around, Jesus is with them, right? He is with you to the end of the age. Um, so, make sense so far? Pretty basic stuff, right? It's all just principles. Know your value, know other people's values. Be humble in your approach. Take Jesus as your example and go and do it. So just the four core things just to get your head around. Um, So how do you feel about that? How do you feel about going? Some people are like, do it. Yes, I'm there. I'm on it. Other people are like, well, I've got work to do, um, my kids are pretty young, or um, my boss is pretty hectic, he, I can't really talk to him anyway, or, you know, life's really, I've got a busy social life, and, you know, I'm traveling a lot at the moment, I can't fit God time in, let alone trying to meet with somebody else to talk about their God time, because it's too hard. So be intentional is sort of where I'm getting with that. You can only do as much as you can, but God goes that bit further, Right? You know, um, often in youth work, we, we have so much going on and it's so good. And often I'm at the end of my capacity. But you know what? God goes double that every time, unfailingly. And um, in some ways, I'm a bit like, well, God, I will get to the end of my capacity every time because I know you will do much more. And um, I'd rather have double than half, if that makes sense. So um, push, push for more. Be wise, obviously. You know, don't burn yourself out. It's not about that. It's just about knowing what you're limiting yourself to and what God's asking you to do. So, um, yeah. Um, Right, other biblical examples. You've got a couple of references at the top there. If you're in a community group, I'm going to leave you guys to just chat about those. If you're not, get plugged into one. Um, They're a good place just to talk about what's said on a Sunday where we can't sort of go into everything. Um, Luke 10, one We're not going to read it, so do that in community groups. It's a really good set of passages. Um, but basically, Jesus sends out 72 people. and goes, right, I've equipped you, I'm sending you. Those 72 people, later on down the verses, they then come back and go, wow, it worked. 
ever done that? You've stepped out for God and gone, oh, this is not going to go well. And then what happens? God blesses it. He multiplies things. And you're like, goodness, God is faithful to his word. He does shine through and all these things. Um, so don't be surprised if you're not the only person that goes, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, it worked. Fantastic. That's okay. It's about trying and being faithful to God's calling as well. So, um, and then I've thrown in another one. So I know for some people, they make studious notes if they're the person leading group on community groups. So jot this one down. Um, 1 Corinthians 4, 14 to 14. 14 to 17, should I say. Uh, that's 1 Corinthians 4, 14 to 17. Um, and it's the idea of replication. Um, bless my mum, she didn't know what I was talking about. She came and spoke about the replication, the, the impact her mother had on her life and that replication process. And this bit here is about Paul. So Paul is so confident in, his, um, in the outcome of his discipleship and um, God's work in Timothy. So it's a little bit like Anna writing to me going, oh, can you come and visit? Can you come and bring God's word? Can you come and share with me? And I go, you know what? Um, yeah, yeah, I will. And then James rocks up. And you're like, well, you're not Debbie, are you? But I'm so confident in the ability, the fact that James has been discipled well and that God has been working in James that I can send James instead. And this is what Paul's done. He's gone, you know what? Through the act of discipleship and Timothy watching how I've done things and doing it himself, he's gone, yes, you go. And wouldn't that be cool where if we each discipled somebody in this room and then that person was able to be released to go and then they met somebody else that they discipled and they were released to go. And the, the, if you think of the ripple effects, it's massive, isn't it? And um, it makes that going a lot easier when we're doing it as a team, right? Because if one person was doing it, that would be a lot of hard work. So... Um, so a few examples. Um, yeah, I thought I'd better share some examples of how I've experienced discipleship and maybe some of the fruit of discipleship that's come out as well. So um, I've been meeting up with Patricia for many years and I've warned Patricia in advance that she might now get an influx of requests. Um, so on and off for many years. And um, it's just been an amazing time for discipleship in terms of my personal growth and dealing with past stuff. So it's helped with breakthrough, and it's helped with blossoming. And um, it's been just an incredible time. So I would recommend Patricia highly if you did want to be a disciple, disciple should I say. Um, and um, so another example is Anna, Ellie, and Sarah and I, we meet up. We've chosen to meet up uh, about once a month to put ourselves in an accountable situation that we go, right, how are you getting on? What do we need to pray into? What do we need to push into? Um, and that's a choice. All these things are choices that you can take in terms of being a disciple um, Work-wise, so Becca Cole, she's very well known in the church, but she was doing kids and youth, and then she oversaw me for a while, and she was like, oh, man, you can just get on with it now. And I was like, no, I don't want to just get on with it. I want your oversight. Not because I was panicking about my own ability, but knowing that she was such a good influence and such a role model that I was like, oh, yeah, I need to keep you. I need to keep hold of you. Um, and thankfully, God arranged that, so that's all good. So there we go. Um, deeper stuff. So it's slightly deeper context, if it's appropriate. Freedom in Christ. Who's done it? The course. 
Lots of us, awesome. If you haven't done it before, I would suggest you talk to somebody that has. Um, for me, it started off a massive rolling ball in terms of breakthrough in some big areas. And um, Freedom in Christ is just a group context in which you start to unveil stuff a little bit. Um, and it's just an opportunity to be in that position of being a discipled person. Um, and if you've never done that before, it's a very safe context as well. Um, and then for me, I've been through counselling. So again, that's maybe a slightly more different thing. But um, it's just an opportunity to put yourself before somebody else and just go, look, this is my stuff. What do you think? What can I unpick? What can I do? And just using, you know, knowing God can break in on doing that too. So, um, so there are some of my personal examples. Um, and the fruit of doing all those things is it's good to be able to see fruit, isn't it? Because they encourage you to keep pushing on. And um, so some fruit was, I was playing football once, and um, this other girl, we'd been playing football for a long time. She was very much younger than I was. And um, we're kicking about, and she was like, Debbie, do you know what? I was like, I don't know. What is what? And she said, I spoke about you at school today. I'm like, okay, right. And um, she said, we're doing a class, and it was one of those extra sort of classes. And she said, they asked, who's a, who's a memorable person to you? And I was like, oh, goodness, what have I done? And um, she then said, I said about you. I'm like, okay, tell me what I've done. And she said, you're the most happy person that I know. And I was like, well, it's probably because you see me playing football all the time, and I really like football. Um, but it's just an example that something I was unaware of, but somebody else had seen, right? And there was a bit of fruit being identified there, going, okay, God, you're doing good work. Keep it going. Um, another one, who knows Liam Gale? Yeah, tall, lanky man. He's coming back soon. He's currently in the USA doing camps. I did camps many years ago when he was in our kids' club, and he said, oh, I want to do that. And he's doing it. And you just think, you don't know what you will do that will affect other people, but God knows, right? And um, the last one is just at work, a work story, is that um, we all have our individual clinic rooms where we see people. And our receptionist came into my room, and she, she closed the door. I was like, oh, dear. I always seem to assume the worst. So she closed the door. I was like, oh, my goodness, what have I done wrong? You know, when you start trying to think of everything you've done wrong ever. And... Um, she just sat down. I was like, oh, no, she sat down. You know when it's more serious when somebody sits down, right? And um, thankfully, I was sat down at the same time. And um, she said to me, Debbie, I was like, Joe, what? And she said, why are you different? I was like, I don't know, because you're making me nervous right now. <laughs> and she said, no, just in general stuff, you seem to have a piece about things and that sort of thing. And it just gave me an opportunity to share why. And you just see, and I was like, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't, you know, I'm not here to, you know, raise my standards or anything like that. But it's just, God, people notice, don't they? People notice you. And people imitate what they see around them. We role model ourselves on different things. Um, whether that be uh, online stuff, Instagram, friends that you might follow, famous people. Whether that's your neighbours, what cars they've got, what house they've got. Um, what clothes people are wearing, um, the hairstyle that's going on, that sort of thing. We imitate on what's around us. And um, we like to think that we are making conscious choices, but a lot of the time we're not. And um, we're just going to play a little video just to show what I mean.
If you smoke, your children are more likely to smoke too. Smoking. Don't keep it in the family. <laughs> cool. So that's a very old advert, um, but you get the principle of imitation. We see it so easily in children and parents or whoever is role modelling to them at the time. But we are exactly the same as adults. It doesn't change. So my question is to you, who are you imitating what are you role modeling? Who are you trying to absorb? Um, and is it Jesus? He says, imitate me. He, he, he gave it clear as day because he knows that we imitate other things. And um, those things can then get our worship. And those things can then become our idols. And he knows that's a dodgy path to go down. So who are you imitating? How well do you know Jesus? Um, when was the last time you sat with him and just... Yeah, went through some of his parables, some of the stories that he shared, and let him absorb it into who you are so that that can then go out to other people. Because you remember, you are valued, and other people are valued because we have the mark of the king on us, right? So who are you imitating, and does it, where does it flow? The youth often tell me, so I often tell them off, um, Thankfully, not for two big things, but I'm like, oh, get down from there. You're, you're setting a bag the example. And they're like, no, I'm not. No one's watching me. I'm like, you're a role model. They're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, yes, you are. The little kids are watching you, plus probably a lot of the adults as well, scorning you in their heads. And um, it's just, yeah, helping them understand that you are always a role model. You don't get to opt out of it, I'm afraid. Um, and, that Jesus, and that's why Jesus says, imitate me. He's the best example that there is. And... Um, just to go back to freedom in Christ, is that it, it focuses around three principles, especially the youth material anyway, and that you are significant, you are secure, and you are accepted. And out of this basis, along with our value and understanding our value, being humble, with those three things, we can pass those on to other people in discipleship. So that when we meet other people, we can go, you know what, Pete, you are significant, that Jesus died on the cross for you so that you can live with him for eternity. That significance is important. And um, security. We live in an age where life feels really unsecure. Really unsecure. Things are changing all the time. And you know what, Bill? You are secure because Jesus is your rock. He is your foundation. And that nothing will come to pass that he hasn't ordained. Okay? And you can be secure in him. And it's being able to pass that message on and just go, look, here's the baton of security. Take it. Hold it. Jesus will be with you always. And then acceptance. Oh, my goodness. This is something that we need to probably talk about more in youth, is that you're accepted in Christ. Do not have to work for it. You are not rejected because of what you've done or your past or the decisions you made or the thoughts you've thought. But you're accepted because Jesus made a way. He has made your dirty clothes brand new and that in that he can have a relationship with you. Your father in heaven can accept you and embrace you. You are adopted sons and daughters of the king. Why? Because our value is that we are marked by the king of kings, right? So um, that's pretty exciting news. So um, if you need to hear that you're accepted, take it, absorb it. If you want breakthrough, 
first know that you're accepted, you're loved, and you are significant and secure, and that he can bring things to fruition that you've got in your desires of your heart as well. So um, have those things in mind. Pass them on. Tell people. Yeah, I know it sounds a bit Christianese, but just say someone at work, oh, you're loved, you know. I really love you for who you are. You know, I see these qualities in you. They're really good. And I want to learn from you. And suddenly somebody goes, oh, I'm significant. Why do you think those things? Well, actually, because God tells me that about me, and I believe that about you too. Cool, okay, simple. Runs on. So, um, how are we doing on time? I've lost my phone. Where are we up to? Because we're going to be releasing our sixth form leavers in a little bit, because we want to do that well. But um, we're just going to watch a couple more clips. One more clip. So what about failure? Who fears failure in life? I know I do. The question is, do we avoid doing stuff because we fear failing at it? Yes. Um, and I was secretly hoping that during this week or the weeks building up to it, that Graham would ring me and go, Debbie, um, we've had a change in plan on the, the Sunday morning rotor. Um, don't worry about it, but we'll, we'll do it another time. You won't have to do it. I'm like, yes. Because there's that sense of fear of failure going, oh, Lord, I don't want to get it wrong. But, you know, I'm trusting that God's doing the bit in your heart, and I'm just up here waffling, right? So um, we are, yeah, just be careful about fear of failure. Being a disciple, take confidence in that this booklet is good, and Gateway and Graham and Dad picked it because it's a good course. Take it, use it, try it out. It might go a bit wrong sometimes. It might go right. When I was very young, um, probably about 18, 19, um, this younger, probably a couple of years younger lady said, oh, just know God wants you to disciple me. I was like, really? Okay. And I was like, how did you come to that decision? And she said, well, when you sat down, you, um, I think I'd put my arm around her, or I'd pat her shoulder, that sort of thing. And I, you know, God said to me, someone's going to pat you on the shoulder. And I was like, oh. I wish I didn't pat her on the shoulder. Goodness me. And, um, and out of that, it, it wasn't the best. You know, we met up. We, I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. And, um, but God makes good of things that you invest in and you trust him with. Um, so just a little funny clip, the video clip, um, just about um, what failure can look like, but we'll talk about what God can use out of it as well. Okay. Go for it. Get it out of pissing off. Sometimes it might feel like you land in your face and that you've got no one to help you up. But you know something? Jesus clearly said that although I'm leaving, who does he leave with us? The Holy Spirit. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit today. And it's not this weird, spooky thing. The Holy Spirit's been around all since the beginning of age. And he can live in us and help us. So um, you're not on your own. The Holy Spirit said help. Just ask him. It's as simple as going, Father, I want to get into this discipling business. Holy Spirit, help me. 
you know, and that's where discernment and wisdom and all that sort of stuff comes from. So um, I'm going to finish with Patricia's top tips. So I thought, you know, we sat and had a discussion, but really she gave you all these to me. <laughs> so um, I thought I would share them um, because, you know, when something's gold, you've got to share it around, right? Um, so Patricia's top tips. Um, so this is so you can use the booklet and as of today, you can go pray about who you should be, could be, discipling. So um, just, yeah, bear these in mind. I'm sure you can email them out if people can't write them down quick enough. But um, so start with befriending. It doesn't have to be some formal process. You know, at Gateway, we love to do things by relationship. So just get to know them. Coffee, football, um, to the pub, watch a sports game, you know. Guys, this applies to you too. Um, I know guys and girls, we do things differently. And actually, guys, being vulnerable with another chap is a big deal. Um, us ladies, we tend to be a little bit more chatty about stuff, um, although we can disguise a lot of things. But guys, you can be vulnerable. It, just find someone safe to do it with, is what I would suggest. Be wise in who you choose. Um, so yeah, uh, the second one. So start with befriending. Um, take time, listen, and care. So don't rush the process. Don't say, right, I've got this booklet, let's crack on. And they're like, what, are you kidding me? I don't even know you. Um, take time. You know, these things take time to build in. Um, listen. What did God give us two of on our head? Ears. And he gave us one mouth. So um, it's a very good child principle to teach, but it also works as adults. We can get very happy listening to our own voice. So, uh, yeah, take time, listen, and care. Be sincere and intentional. Um, next one, build trust and maintain confidentiality. It's a very big one. Um, if you want to do it well, you've got to be trustworthy. You know, what somebody shares with you is an honor and a privilege that they've opened up to give that information to you. We know the value of who they are because they're marked by the king, and we need to know the value of what they share as well. And the second thing is that you keep it confidential. If there's high-risk things involved, that's when things change. That's when you get, like, Anna and Sharon are safeguarding guys in, or, you know, you need to speak to the elders, that sort of thing. But you do that as a discussion with them anyway. But otherwise, it's confidential, right? It's not because we want to be nosy. It's not because we want to um, take pride and that we can fix them. But it's just because we want to listen, care, show Jesus' love, and be confidential with it. Provide support. So you've met up with the person, you've seen them, get in touch throughout the week. Hey, how's your day going? Did you watch the game the other night? Um, how's the kids doing? You said they were ill last time. How's life going with your, your husband or your wife? Um, yeah, when is the last time you hang out with your community group? You know, just stuff like that, just little provoking things. Um, love them and help them develop a relationship with the Lord. And this is where this book is amazing because it does that so well. It just repoints every time, back to Jesus, back to our Heavenly Father. And then do yourself out of a job, you know? Don't be in a position where you're like, yes, you need me. I am your authoritative voice in your life, and it is going well. No, you want to go right. You know, you know, you know the, the things that you are significant, secure. We've been through this. And you can release them into going right. Okay, our next discipleship thing is to, why don't you go and disciple someone else? Do it, release it, you know. 
You don't want to push people down. You want to push them above you. Do yourself out of a job. So we're almost there. Just one last illustration. So the power of what we're talking about is huge in terms of the ripple effect of us taking responsibility for the message of discipleship and what Jesus is asking us to do. For example, James, I've been discipling you for a while. Good job. Do you want to stand up for me? So I've just discipled James. It's gone well. We've spent time together. I'm now being a Paul. He's being a Timothy. I'm releasing him to do his own thing. And then Sleek, we we do a bit of discipleship together. Do you want to stand up for me? And then same again, Paul, Timothy being released to do the same thing. And um, we'll come around here. Anybody else? Chris. We've spent some great time together. Discipleship stands up. Paul to Timothy, right? And um, we carry on. And as I'm carrying on this way, these guys now start being Paul to Timothy. So I'd like you to go and disciple somebody else, please, and help them stand. Trish, do you want to disciple and stand up for me? Thank you. So Paul to Timothy. Trish is now going to disciple some other people. So, um, and those people are then going to start discipling other people. So those people, do you want to start just grabbing a hand and helping them stand up? Alan, I'd love to disciple you. You're right to stand up for me. Paul to Timothy. So Alan's now going to disciple some other people and help them stand. Cheryl, let's disciple. Let's stand up, right? Patricia, let's do it this way around. Do you want to stand up for me? Yes. And just spread the word. Disciple. Do you want to stand up for me? <laughs> Mark. Hello. Do you want to stand up for me? Go make disciples, Mark. Debbie. <laughs> you want to stand up for me? Go make some disciples. Steve. I'm already disciples. Yeah, okay, there's loads oh, more to be I done yet. And at this point, we should be getting to a point where the whole room is standing. (laughs) All right. If you are still sat down, this is where you need to ask someone to disciple you. (laughs) If you want to stay seated, that's fine too. That's all right. You can be discipled while sitting too. So you've come back in. Okay. So, does everybody get the idea? Do you get the idea that it starts with one person? That's all, God's, that's all Jesus is asking you to do. It's one person. It's not transforming your community because actually he starts with one person. And that transforms your community. So, take encouragement that he is not asking you to do something that's impossible He's asking you to do something that's very possible, and he's given you authority to do. So um, we're dramatically run out of time. I sound right like my dad there, don't I? Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so just stand with the person next to you, near you. If you're a visitor, please don't feel like you have to join in. But... Um, Just pray with that person that God would release boldness, encouragement, conviction and wisdom as to who they can disciple, Um, vice versa. All right, we'll literally take one minute to do it because we've got something very important to do in a second.